Welcome back. This is Rhymes with Decora, companion podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm Benji Nichols, your host. Thanks for tuning in. We are telling stories about communities you love by people you trust, reaching out across our region to uh, talk about cool stuff that's going on, projects, challenges, all sorts of cool stuff. My guest today, Mr. Peter Krause from the Iowa Food Hub. Peter, welcome. Hey, good to see you, Benji. Yeah, I'm so glad this worked out. It's so great to have you here. Uh, Peter, you and I have had all sorts of conversations over the last couple of years and through the pandemic and beyond. The work you are doing to help uh, get local food out there across our region is incredible. Uh, and we're going to dig into some of those things as we talk here for a little bit today. Uh, thanks for making time out of your busy schedule to be here. Thank you. It's yeah, a delight. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit. So first off, I'll say the Iowa Food Hub uh, started in about 2012. And this is a really interesting concept. If people don't know about it, um, tell us what a food hub is. Food hubs all do different things. Once you know one food hub, you know one food hub. Um, the Iowa Food Hub does a lot in farm to institutions. So we serve a lot of schools. Luther College, grocery stores, restaurants, um, kind of looking at that medium scale of the food system. Um, a lot of food hubs are doing aggregation. Some of them do delivery with a refrigerated truck. Um, some of them do direct to consumer. Absolutely. And so you guys are the, the key link in local food producers to those people who can use the foods, whether that's a single person, an institution, a school, a restaurant, whatever that might be. You guys are that critical link that gets the food from the farmer to the user or the end user, which is all of us who love to eat local, right? <laughs> yeah, I like to think of ourselves as a matchmaker between the producer and the customer, um, fitting what that customer is looking for and what kind of scale and ability that producer is able to Absolutely. Provide. Yeah. And so the Iowa Food Hub kind of started in 2012, I think, uh, was the year. Teresa Wiemerslagi, Iowa State Extension, is also very involved in the Food Hub, has kind of been there since the beginning, I think, if that's if that's correct. And then a couple other people on the front end of that project. Um, and over the years, it's kind of morphed into what it has become. When did you start with the Food Hub? I started in August of 2020. So wow, yeah. pandemic times. Right. And what a time to walk into it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Things were pretty exciting and really different. It's been a roller coaster to kind of adapt with the changes. And I mean, there's just been uh, issue and crisis after crisis with <laughs> you know, pandemic, wars, supply chain issues. Um, Absolutely. And of course, the pandemic, I mean, I mean, brought out the, the importance of local food systems more than ever. I think that was one of the, the big um, challenges. It was a good challenge, I think, for a lot of producers, but people realized very quickly that their product was going to be in demand yeah. <laughs> more than ever, right? I think that's a cool thing about the Food Hub is we serve such a variety of customers, so we can do a lot of that pivoting really quick. Um, and we're small, yeah. and we're also just very in touch with our customers and producers because our job is to have relationships that last. Yes. And speaking of producers, so farmers, food producers, and of course now it's easy to, for people to kind of think like, okay, locally grown tomatoes, maybe lettuce, greens, and like those are, those are important. We're just getting into that season, right? But how many producers would you say you're working with roughly at any given time now? We're getting, we're pushing above 80 different producers. Um, they're going to vary from very small scale. Maybe they sell at the farmer's market. 
um, to producers that are selling across the state. So Absolutely. quite a range. Yeah. And those are products that people, you know, tell, tell us just a few of the things that people might not think about right off the bat. I mean, you guys have a full meat line, right? There are people who are, are meat producers. You have vegetables, dry goods, um, you name it, right? Yeah. Something that I'm really passionate about is local grain um, yes. and getting local flour and uh, different things like that, trying to rebuild that part of the food system that often gets left out when we think about the local food movement. Absolutely. We think about some of those staples. Um, yeah. I think, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prompt that again in a little bit in this conversation because you and I have talked a lot about local grains and I'm, uh, I'm hoping I can actually do a whole series on that at some point. So we'll see what yeah. we can do. Uh, but yeah, so those products are coming from the producers. They're getting to you. You are connecting to end users. Tell us for a second before we get to there, though, how did you find your way to the Food Hub? What was your what was your background? What got you here to, to uh, the Food Hub? I grew up on a diversified vegetable and livestock farm and have a lot of family that farms, um, dairy farming, grain farming, um, you name it. And it's a lifelong interest there. <laughs> yeah. I stayed around. I went to Luther College. I studied biology. Um, and then I left for a few years and worked on different farms and worked in kitchens too. So I have that culinary background that's Absolutely. really helpful when talking to chefs or food service directors. Yeah. Um, and I'm a classic boomerang. Yes. <laughs> that's one of person. my favorite words. Absolutely. Uh, I picked that up from this podcast. <laughs> awesome. I picked it up somewhere else. I, I certainly don't take credit, but I do think that one of the things I love um, helping people understand and encourage, you know, there's still such in a conversation across Iowa about young people who come up, probably get a good education and leave as soon as they can. And, you know, that is a thing. A lot of people are still doing that. But what we're seeing here in Northeast Iowa, at least, is that there are a lot of us who are coming back and trying to do cool stuff <laughs> and keep our economy going. or people who have stayed and are doing great stuff. I mean, that's, you know, it's all those things, but um, you know, and I, I am pretty proud that that continues to happen here in Northeast Iowa. And we start looking at food systems. That's even more important, I think, because um, particularly here in Northeast Iowa, I know in Southeast Iowa, it's, there are pockets across the state that are certainly working hard. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the region that you cover with food hub as well. Cause it's cool. It's not just Iowa. Right. But uh, I think those things are really important to notice is that, you know, these are not hobbyists. These are not people just doing something on the side for fun. Like these are people who are seriously making a living growing food that we actually eat on the table <laughs> from the field here in Iowa. And I think that's a really important story to tell. So absolutely. Yeah. And if you want to, I mean, do you want to tell us uh, one of your family, uh, family's connections, at least to farms is, is kind of one of the, uh, the um, OG, I will say food and vegetable growers here in Northeast Iowa too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and what what's the name of that farm? Canoe Creek Produce. <laughs> yeah, Canoe Creek Produce. And of course, Barb and Company have been been at it for many, many years, right? Yeah. And that had to be a really interesting place to grow up as well. And uh, I'm sure you got to do all sorts of things that were um, fun and not so fun <laughs> in, in, in the growing food system, right? Definitely. My after school job was collecting eggs yeah. from the chickens. It was, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, picking rows and rows of green beans and peas and everything that right. uh, a young kid or teenager is not excited to do. But <laughs> but um, to be able to explain that too and actually have that background in, in your past, you know, is probably a really valuable thing. I mean, you understand this system from field to table. You truly have had that yes, experience. Super helpful. Yeah. But I've also learned so much in this job. Just the the different types of agriculture, the different scales. It's, it's exciting just to see 
how everyone makes it work and um absolutely yeah. yeah so let's talk a little bit about food hub um so roughly covering a six county area of northeast Iowa, is that about right yeah, we make it down to Dubuque in the fall, so we go as far that way, south, east. Um, we do have a new project that is connecting to other food hubs now, which is takes us all the way to Iowa City. Awesome. But generally, like, yeah, the the northeast corner. And, is, and mentioning those other food hubs, like, I would love to hear more about that, because that's, you know, you're working here in northeast Iowa as the Iowa food hub, but there are other folks working across the state with similar models, right? Yeah. And to be able to connect those then really really brings us to somewhere else. I think. I think it's huge and it can be, you know, it's just growing. But I think in terms of people's perceptions of both local is it's very seasonal. It's not very, it doesn't produce that much. It's expensive. It's, um, right. it's hard to get. But actually when you link everyone together, you have this really strong food system that can also withstand a lot of supply chain issues or yes. natural disasters. Like when the derecho hit central Iowa, they had very few apples. Oh, yeah, but right. the Driftless region is rich with apples. We have some of the best, you know, when you get into Minnesota, Wisconsin, yes. and, and we have a lot of great orchards here with pinters and peaks. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's a, that's a great example, actually. That's an incredible, incredible thing to be able to connect those dots across the region, right? Yeah. Um, how many other, uh, roughly, do you know, of those groups are working across the state or the region that you connect with uh, on a larger scale for distribution? There's roughly nine other food hubs. I would say there's two or three that also do farm to school and are really reaching uh, a bigger footprint. Yes. Yeah. Of people. Uh, someone I'll mention quick, just from our past background, uh, Ellen Walsh uh, Rosman, I think, right? Yeah. And, and Ellen is a Northeast Iowan as well. A lot of folks might have known her family from the from the thriving metropolis of Gunder at one point. But uh, <laughs> uh, Ellen, I know, has been very passionate and involved in both the local food system, but then also the school food system as well, right? And that's a world you guys work um, hand in hand with often. Yeah, definitely. And Ellen actually has been a food service director. So having that experience is really great too. Absolutely. I know here in Decorah as well, uh, our friend Chad Elliott, who is another fellow baker, uh, something else we're going to talk a little more about in a little bit, but uh, Chad is the director here in Decorah Schools. And um, can you give us a couple examples? I know you guys have done some really creative projects to help get local foods into the schools here as well. Yeah, a lot of that work stemmed from some early grants to kind of get schools um, to help them adapt because it's really hard to go local food cold turkey. There's a lot of different barriers and learning that has to happen on both sides. Sure. Absolutely. And so something that they've been able to do is just incorporate local food on a very regular basis. Um, those staples that keep the food hub going, um, because, like yogurt from Country View Dairy and cheese from WW Homestead. Yeah. Um, greens from All Seasons Harvest year-round. Um, and they do local beef for the, a lot of fall and spring grilling and they invite the cattlemen's yes. association to help with that. And, um, but that's awesome. And those are all meals. Those are all foods that are going directly into our, our healthy school lunches, right? So this mm -hmm. is, this is not the school lunch that you may remember from your, from your childhood, right? Uh, but those are really cool things. And I mean, you know, if you can make that impact or that connection at that level, uh, I think that's a really powerful thing too, right? When kids can see that this was food that was actually grown here, uh, that's a big thing, right? Yeah. In a past life, I've been a, an educator and an outdoor educator and bringing that 
um, sense of place to kids yeah. is really important to me to get that sense of pride and be able to see those connections. I think that's super valuable and it's something that really grounds me in my work and uh, inspires me to keep going. Absolutely. So uh, I'm talking with Peter Krause, uh, who's the general manager of the Iowa Food Hub, based here in Decorah, but Northeast Iowa. And uh, Food Hub covers about six counties, roughly connects all over our region to bring in local food. Uh, one of the challenges I'll say, well, I should say first, the iowafoodhub.com, we should tell people how you actually, uh, a single individual can connect with the Food Hub as well. So you guys actually have built out over the past couple of years, a really excellent format for being able to just shop online for these products. And then people can connect to picking those up, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The market is open Monday to Wednesday. And so you place your order and then you pick up on Fridays in Decorah, or you can get it delivered to your house in Decorah as well. Very cool. Um, um, so that's all through iowafoodhub.com. It takes you to a Shopify site. All the mm-hmm. producers are there. You know, the producers are there. You can look through, scan through the products. It's actually kind of fun to see all the different things that are there, I know. Uh, and then you're able to order those and pick them up Fridays. Uh, you guys are over by the um, Spectrum uh, area, right? Uh, kind of just off by the uh, uh, Carrie Lee Middle School area in Decorah. Yep. And um, also you guys have some drop-off areas in different uh, locations in Northeast Iowa, right? Or different uh, times and places people can connect. Is that right? Yep. People can. So people living in communities, uh, Calmer, Wacon, Postville, West Union, we have drop sites um, that the food is delivered on Tuesdays on our farm to school route. And so that's when those people can get those. So the Calmer drop site is at NICC. The West Union drop site is at Unionland Feed. The Wacon drop site is WW Homestead. And the Postville one is at the RCD office. Yeah, absolutely. And great, great connections of community connections of people there all over as well, right? Um, very cool. And I, I guess one other thing I should mention right away is that so, you know, the Food Hub is a nonprofit. Uh, so you guys have, uh, you know, the, the Food Hub in general has been working since 2012 to create this model and figure it out. Uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges I know that you all have had is just having the right transportation, right, to get some of these products. Some of these things are shelf stable. Some of them are dry grains. They can store fairly easily. Some of them are very perishable, right? You have, you know, you know vegetables, greens, uh, you name it, that are actually quite perishable. Berries, of course. Uh, and then, so and to do that, how do you guys move that stuff around? We have a refrigerated truck, which we got through a community foundation grant um, from Country View Dairy, actually. Um, and that was, oh, man, there's, it's so essential for farm to school, too. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got to have the most fresh and um, safe product as possible. Absolutely. But of course, making sure you've got that truck and it's running and doing well. I know you guys have done some fundraiser campaigns here mm-hmm. in more recent times. And that's an important part of the story, too, that if somebody thinks that, you know, this is a really fascinating and passionate uh, about local foods, they can also support you just through donations as well. Right. Shop shopping is probably the best way, but they can also make a donation as well. Yeah, we have a GoFundMe site for the truck. We're still um, looking for a truck, we have most of the funds raised, yeah, it's but tough, tough definitely time for truck shopping, isn't it? <laughs> having more funds helps us uh, have more of a selection. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, I'm talking today with Peter Krause, general manager of the Iowa Food Hub. Uh, Peter, I'm so glad that you've made some time to be here and talk today. When we come back here in just a second, we are going to cover some uh, really fun topics that I'm passionate about. I know you're passionate about. uh, So stick with us here. We'll be right back. This is Rhymes with Decora, uh, telling stories about communities you love by people you trust, a companion project of Inspired Media. Find us online, iloveinspired.com. You can find out everything about this podcast at a fun URL that is Decora 
decora.fun. No, that's really it. Just type it in decora.fun. You'll find all of the stuff. We will be right back with our guest, Peter Krauss. Hey y'all, Larisha Weiler here. She, her are my pronouns. I'm the founder and organizer of the Driftless Yoga Festival that happens here in Decorah, Iowa, June 23rd through the 26th. Would love to have you all there. Sliding scale passes, uh, a variety of classes that are yoga inspired alongside equity conversations. And um, yeah, you can find out more information, driftlessyogafestival.com, June 23rd through the 26th. See you there. That is our friend, Louise Schuweiler from the Driftless Yoga Festival. Thanks, Laurie, for helping make this show possible today. Laurie is doing all sorts of cool projects with Driftless Yoga Festival. Find out about it online. It's happening every year. It's coming up here in June, and it is a fantastic event bringing uh, yoga, making it accessible to people across our region and beyond, and bringing in some incredible folks. So thank you, Laurie. Today's guest, Peter Krause, is here with me. We are talking all things local food with the Iowa Food Hub. Find them online at iowafoodhub.com. Order up some delicious local delights. Everything that you can imagine from vegetables, which are just coming into season, local grains, popcorn. Uh, one of my favorite things I sometimes order, I shouldn't prop this right now because I think they're actually running low on it. Uh, the hot pepper jelly from Kaimar Acres is one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> Love that. I don't put it on everything, but I put it on uh, a few <laughs> things and it's magic. Uh, okay, Peter, I want to talk about a couple specific projects. Um, first, we're going to rewind a little bit because I know from some of our other conversations that you have a great uh, background in baking and not just baking, but sourdough baking, uh, naturally leavened breads. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got uh -huh. interested? Yeah, so I was living in Maine and... Um, working on a few different farms, working in a kitchen at a food co-op. And um, I was noticing that Maine has this really great local food re revival, especially local grain revival. Um, and I was buying this amazing sourdough bread, and I was like, how can I make this myself? And I started getting into baking, and, um, and I was like, I want to try more things and make more things. And... I can't eat all of this bread, so I'm going to start a business and <laughs> right. this, this is bake a, all the things I want to and sell some of it. Any good baker gets to this point at some point where you realize you're making way too many things that you can't um, eat, right? And I named it Driftless Sourdough because I have a, such That's a strong awesome. affinity to the Driftless area. And um, this, this is part of my identity. still in Maine, though? Is this right? Yeah. Awesome. That, where were you in Maine? Where, where about? I was in the Midcoast area, so... That's awesome. And of course, there's a, a large, um, you know, grain uh, um, part. Of the, the Northeast still has a, a healthy grain economy, I should say, uh, in growing actual grains that you can grind and people will eat. <laughs> That's a very, very cool thing. Um, and so through that, as you came back, of course, that interest stayed with you, right? Um, and one of the projects I wanted to point out uh, here a couple of years ago started, uh, there was a project, um, I believe it was uh, one of the folks um, over towards Madison, right, that was involved, Artisan Grain Collaborative, I think, and a project called Neighbor Loaves. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, that was a project that came out of the pandemic to help both local farmers who are doing, who are growing those grains, but also help food pantries 
um, keep uh, food on the shelves. And so basically how it works is um, bakers will be give, given donations to bake bread. So they're keeping busy. They're, they have to put in 50% local flour, and then it's donated to a local food pantry. And so people get to eat, farmers get paid to grow, and bakers are paid to bake. And Absolutely. so it's a, it's a really cool program that I think should should always stick around that we have that and yeah. we have those relationships and that stability. Um, and yeah, I don't really bake commercially right now, but I do keep up the neighbor loaves and yeah. try to provide that for the community. And that's something I should point out. I mean, so that was something that not only has this been a passion of yours, but this is something you've also started to tie some of the pieces together for the food hub. So you have been sourcing some local grains. We'll talk about that in a second. You're creating that bread, but then that bread is actually being given away um, through the Decora Food Pantry, right? That's right. And that's a super, super cool project. I mean, that's an amazing thing to have happened. And it's also worth mentioning that that project took on a life of its own uh, and became a national and international sort of uh, um, thing that just happened uh, out of a couple people's passion. I think mostly starting out of the Madison area and artisan grain clabber. So that's, it's a really, really cool thing. It's also really amazing that we've got that local connection of you doing that work. That's a very, very cool thing. So I know one of the producers that you've been able to connect with uh, is also Meadowlark uh, Organics over uh, in Western Wisconsin, right? Yeah, they're an amazing group of folks and they're also kind of a boomerang to that area. And yeah. they um, grow their grow a lot of grains and then they're sourcing from other local farmers to provide that key piece, which is milling. Yeah. Um, Decor is kind of in this, um, no milling zone. There's, <laughs> we used to have so many mills everywhere on all the rivers and everything, but we used to have multiple mills in Decorah, but that's a big hurdle for farmers that do want to grow grain to actually yeah. get their product to consumer. And, and we should say for people who aren't familiar, I mean, we are talking about actual grains that get used to produce flour. So people growing wheat, people growing rye, people growing, you name it, right? I mean, these are, these are small grains. These are uh, things that used to be grown all over in our region and over time have been kind of uh, left behind, but are seeing a real resurgence. Uh, and so Meadowlark is a great example, a younger couple. They're over in Western Wisconsin. They took over kind of an older legacy business, but uh, brought a whole bunch of new energy to it and a bunch of whole new milling capacity. So they are creating uh products that they can you you can buy actually through the food hub as well right yeah we're providing that delivery piece because they probably wouldn't make it over to decora and so that's our that's one of the components that one of the big pieces that the food hub does is trying to get food a little bit further yeah absolutely and sometimes uh that food also finds its way into beverages <laughs> If I'm correct, uh, a lot of people may know that I also work very part time at Pulpit Rock Brewery. Uh, so I have a little inside knowledge on this one. But uh, Pulpit has just released. Uh, I mean, now we're talking this is we're almost June 2022. So if somebody's listening to this later, they'll have to they'll have to check in. But um, Pulpit released a beer just this week that has been many, many months in the making called Ploma, which is uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's Norwegian for plum. Uh, and where did the plums come from that made it into the way of that Saison? Those came from Hulk Orchard in La Crescent, Minnesota. Very and, cool. And uh, you guys procured or helped connect the dots between those, right? Yeah, and I know like Hulk Orchard has already have a, has experience selling fruit to other breweries, and so they're a good kind of connection and a good match with Pulpit Rock. Um, I actually got my first start getting local berries to Pulpit when I was working at my parents' farm. That's awesome. Who had a bumper crop of red and black currants and so yes <laughs> we picked about 30 pounds which is only 
barely enough for a single barrel of beer. <laughs> so the quantities are quite large that yes. need to be. They're not necessarily for your um, backyard berry grower, but... Um, right, right. That's a really interesting thing. And also, as you mentioned, so that orchard is actually in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But Food Hub, you guys are able to kind of reach those areas. So not only we're just talking about Meadowlark Organics, they're over in just over in western Wisconsin. Hoke is up in just you know southeastern Minnesota. I always think that's one of the most interesting things is I've worked with people across the state, particularly in business and other things. Um, you know, some businesses are national, some are international, but a lot of small businesses tend to be within a state or a place and, and not bigger. And one of the cool things I think about working in our corner of the world is getting to cross those lines on a regular basis, right? We really work more as a region than just a state. Uh, and that's, I'm sure, presents challenges as, as well as really cool opportunities for something like the Food Hub. Sure. I think there can be some political boundaries around how funding gets um, yes. distributed for entities. So like that can be a challenge, but we you know, started working with, we, had a, we actually started a new route last summer to Southeast Minnesota and Southwest Wisconsin because there's such a plethora of great growers in that region it's you know geographically perfect for serving the minneapolis and madison markets and so you have a lot of big wholesale growers but you also have the driftless region which is you know naturally fit for a lot of small growers and Absolutely. And, and we people know, are adding quality rather than quantity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know there are some of those little pocket producers here and there. Um, a couple of the honeyberry producers I know and some other little, you know, little micro almost producers or blue fruit farm. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. what I was thinking of. And they're out in a little corner of the world that uh, I will admit I didn't know existed until a couple of years ago. Boy, if you drive out to that farm, you have found your way to uh, you're only a couple miles from Interstate 90, but you might as well be on Mars. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a very, very cool location. But there's people like that all across our region. And of course, once you start looking over the river, there's some very rich regions uh, in Vernon County and Barocco and that area, of course, too, that are um, food growers and just doing incredible work. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and they're really, not that far away. <laughs> right, right, right. They're not. But it's but it, there again, I mean, it takes something like the Iowa Food Hub to make those connections and be that crucial piece to, to bring it all together. Right. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Uh, well, again, we should tell people. So iowafoodhub.com is the way you can get to the main information. Once they're there, they can check out the market, right? Uh, tons of producers on there at any given time. You can kind of scroll through by by uh, channel or product or what's available uh, and then um, make your way through that. Uh, pick out those items. And again, that market piece online is open from Mondays to Wednesdays, right? And then you guys need a little bit of turnaround time to get all those orders picked and placed and put together. And then people can pick those up on, is it Fridays, right? Yep, Fridays from 4 to 5.30. Yep here in Decora, and it's a really great way to connect with those local pieces. We should also say, I mean, if there's people who are listening who are producers or work on a little larger scale in the food in the food world, they can get a hold of you, right? I mean, if they're looking for a specific product or to connect to a local product specifically, that's kind of something you guys are doing more and more of. Definitely, yeah. We're a matchmaker. We can find things. We're, we have a lot of obscure products that I know where to find them, and so... <laughs> If you're a foodie, like I can really help you out. So, absolutely, that's awesome, Peter. Do you have a, a favorite local seasonal product right now? Is there something or a certain type of product that comes into season here early summer that's uh, one of your favorites? Oh, geez, I'm a rhubarb lover. Oh yeah, um, 
Our right. rhubarb has exploded this week. I think we need to figure out yeah. some of it might be too big at this point, actually. <laughs> it freezes super well. So I just chop up a lot of it and yeah. put it in the freezer and enjoy it all year long. Can do lots of different fun things with it. Nice. So that's awesome. I love it. Uh, well, folks, Peter Krauss from the Iowa Food Hub, I thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. Uh, we really appreciate it and uh, taking some time to talk with us. Uh, again, iowafoodhub.com. We should also mention you're a nonprofit. If people love your cause, they can make donations. Check out the website. Uh, and also, uh, of course, you guys have a board of directors, lots of people who are involved in this project. You are you are simply the ringleader uh, <laughs> that is making all the pieces go, right? Yep. <laughs> cool. Peter. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. And uh, we hope people will take some time out of their day to check out the Iowa Food Hub, iowafoodhub.com. That's what it's all about. Thanks, thank Peter. you, Benji. Yeah. It's been really fun. Cool. Thank you. You have been listening to Rhymes with Decora, a companion podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm Benji Nichols, your host. You can find out all about I Love Inspired at iloveinspired.com. It's actually called Inspired Magazine, but I Love Inspired is the website. My wife, Erin Henny Nichols, and I create a quarterly publication. Summer Magazine will be hitting shelves soon. Also involves a, involves a big truck, but it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Thank goodness. Although sometimes I wish it was. Uh, you've been listening to the awesome drumming of Mr. Nick Zielinski on this podcast. You can find Nick online at Indicative of Drumming. He's on Instagram. Indicative of Drumming. Nick is a decoran. He's a drummer. He's a great dude, and I appreciate his contributions to this show as well. Thanks for being here. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>